Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about tax assessments with Patrick Johnstone. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 38. Lucky 38. Lucky 38. Uh, Today we have a special guest on the show, uh, Patrick Johnstone. We're going to be talking about tax assessments, which if you are a homeowner, you probably got yours quite recently. Patrick. Are we addressing him as Patrick? Do you, Counts, Patrick, Counselor do you, Johnstone? Oh, we, do we want? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go less formal, like you were like PJ. Oh. <laughs> Only my mom calls me Counselor Johnstone. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, okay, Jeremy totally threw me off. Sorry, we so call, I, I, call. I had a flow going on, Jeremy. Um, so we've got Patrick Johnstone on the show. Uh, he is a two-time city councillor in New West. He was originally elected in 2014, and he was just re-elected uh, in this past election. Congratulations, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, by day, he is an environmental scientist. Um, he's a blogger and a community volunteer, which is how he ended up getting into politics to begin with. And back in 2013, Patrick, you were Citizen of the Year. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a weird thing to happen. Did you save a baby or what? Uh... Uh, just general rabble rousing. <laughs> it was it was a little unusual at the time, but it's it, it started a trend of a lot younger, more active citizens of the year, which is kind of an interesting trend that's continuing today in New West. Oh, it, but it, before that, was it often given to someone more senior in the community? I think there was a trend earlier where it was. Uh, people, you know, more senior people who were sort of had a long history of community service as opposed to people who are currently getting involved. Oh, but cool. I mean, Jen Arbo, um, um, Stephen O'Shea, there's, you know, there's young people now who are getting it, who are really in the middle of their volunteer service. Training. And they it's all really seem cool to get involved on council now. Uh, no, no. I think, I think Nadine Nakagawa was the only other one who got elected. I don't think anybody else has been elected. So, Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, the what's going on? We... We didn't tell you about the location change. You showed up to our old old studio space. Oh no, no, you told me. Okay. I'm, just, I'm, just a, I'm just a little discombobulated. So uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, I it was. It's all very nearby, so it's nothing but problems. We, that works out. We've really started out with a nice welcome for Patrick. <laughs> showed up to the wrong location. Had to bike here. I spilled water all over him right before we started the recording. <laughs> you kind of christened the new recording space, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, I'm and guest very yeah. moist here. So. <laughs> What's what's being a newly reelected city councilor like these days, or what what's going on? Uh, well, it's crazy. Um, I'll tell you. I, I I just got back from a month long vacation because after the year of election and uh, there's a lot of work going on at the city, sort of leading up to the election because there's a lot of things we have to get done before we leave office, and then you have to get busy doing the election thing, and then you know you come down off of that sort of very busy high, and you've got a couple of uh, sort of procedural things you have to do at council around getting the budget organized and such. And then I needed a vacation. So I uh, went to Asia for uh, three and a half weeks. And uh, now we're back and we're getting back into strategic planning and council is getting up and running for another four-year term. Nice. So you had a council meeting just this, this week. Yeah. Was yep, that, that, is that the first in a while? Well, no, it's the first. Yeah, it's the first since uh, I think December 5th was the last one. So we took okay. almost a month off over Christmas time. Okay. Matt, what's going on with you? Um, well, if we're just talking about like... <laughs> Oh, Jeremy. <laughs> the listeners can't see that Jer's making a... I thought it was my turn face. I'm going last. Uh, just kind of what's what, what we're, we're feeling right now. One thing I've noticed and, and some language we're using around the office, a lot of people are talking about getting really low offers, Pat, because I'm sure you've heard in the media about how there's real fear that the market's going down. Yeah, I agree. So a lot, of, a lot of offers are getting written, which is a good sign. A lot of people talking about low offers. And then the debate we're having is, is it a low offer or is it a lowball offer? Mm, interesting nuance. Yeah, I feel like a low offer, well, if that's commensurate with market value, that's okay. A lowball offer is... Yeah, I, I think of a lowball offer as unfair. Right. But yeah. if market value is lower than your price, then it's probably not a lowball offer. Yeah. So that's what I'm noticing a lot of is maybe figuring out what's a low offer versus a lowball offer. Uh, but the good news is there's a lot of offers out there. 
Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we we just did the three of us just did our first. I did my first deal with the New West guys. Yeah, the partnership works well. I was heavily involved with that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see Matt during the whole thing. <laughs> but Matt's other half did a great job, right, Jeff? He was fantastic. Yeah, it seemed like everybody he was doing a great job. Yeah. Crushing it, as Jeff might say. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> uh, Jer, what's, what's going on with you? I was just going to ask you what's going on with you. But uh, I can go. I'm excited that Pat's here, <laughs> returning returning guest, friend of the show, um, here to talk about the city's recycling program and parking and bike lanes. So that'll be good. Can we talk about sewers too, please? Can I we want to talk about sewers. We can get that in there. Okay. Um, no, but taxes. I I know we joke about it's not exciting, but it's right now it's like all the rage we're talking about, and we're dealing with with sellers and and buyers alike who are like, what's the tax assessment? And they want to know these you know this information, right? Yeah, rage is a common reaction. Oh, it depends on what yeah. side depends on what side you're on, though. I guess I I feel like we need to make a new rule that Jer's not allowed to mention anymore that our topics aren't exciting. I feel like it's every <laughs> single episode. Jer's like, yeah. I know this one sounds really boring. <laughs> We need like a swear jar for that one. <laughs> yeah, totally. You owe us five bucks every time. You don't want me to do like some of the advertising for the show? D- definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 38. It's eh. <laughs> <laughs> What's new with you, Jeff? Well, I'm really excited that we're recording in our new space for the first time. We set up a uh, a little little studio right here at Remax Advantage. Matt, I think, is very excited that we're out of his house. You should see how messy my dining room is right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Didn't have to clean up for you guys this week. Nice. Who's more excited, you or the rest of the family? Well, the rest of the family isn't really impacted because I do Because it's just work. work you have to do. Yeah. And, I, and they probably are going to miss it because they would come home and everything was all put together and nice by the time I'm all wrapped up. And they, they this bo- is going to be like, you need a new reason to clean. <laughs> <laughs> I get a feeling there's a second side to this story. I'd like to hear a second opinion on, on your diligent cleaning techniques. Fair enough. So, so that's really what's going on. So we're not doing news today? No, we're bumping the news. We're just going to get into the meat of taxes. Let's do it. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Now, there's a lot to get into with tax assessments and and what we can and and can't talk about. I think the first thing that's going on is I think a lot of people, when they got their tax assessments, there was a fair bit of sticker shock there because there's, there's kind of two separate things going on. We're seeing all this media, like Matt talked about earlier, about how the market is in decline and your assessments on average was... Patrick, was it about 9% on average that most places went up? Yeah, citywide in New Westminster, all residential properties, it was just a titch over 9%, 9.03, I think. Yeah, so I think what's important for people to understand about that right off the bat? Well, everybody just wants to know about their situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys all said that. I brought my assessment with me to the show, and I'm, I, I just want to open it right now and check where was I based on the average. So oh. That's all I'm doing. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 oh, well, from the, <laughs> Matt is actually opening his assessment up. Well, from the city point of view, 9% is a little higher than most of the region. Actually, we're a little one of the higher. The so newest minster is seeing a bigger increase than almost all the rest of the region. Blame I, the realtors. Yeah, I think only uh, Langley and Maple Ridge are higher than us, and those are notably two sort of lower cost jurisdictions compared to new west so. i wonder if that also plays into the fact that like we've talked about how we're a little isolated in u.s sometimes we've got market conditions things happening in other areas but you know what was happening in july around july when these things were were sort of being analyzed that maybe things were a little bit better at that time here yeah that's an important point for sure is that the taxes were done in july and if you want to know more about how the year went last year, go back and listen to our last episode uh, where we kind of went through the whole the whole rundown, episode 37. What did we call it? Stats? A stats Odyssey. A Stats Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> and it's important because we do... Why does Jared think our topics are boring? <laughs> 
I come up with the, I come up with the, the titles that make them more interesting. Oh, but okay. un- understanding the flow of 2018 is really important because values in, on July 1st are are nothing like what they were by the end of 2018 and what all the media has been talking about since September. Yes, very true. So important, and so if we're talking about the like first tackling assessments themselves, not necessarily what your property taxes are. Um, so it's it's done around July when it's actually made. There yep. are humans involved, um, but it's also it's not monkeys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is set on July first. It's set at, at the end of Q two, um, and actually, if you go to the BC assessment site for sort of regional trends, it'll actually show that they they do quarterly assessments, but the actual number they use is the July first one. So you and it actually shows on their website that there is a bit of a trend downwards after a bit of a peak when these assessments were calculated, at least for New Westminster. Yeah, which makes it really confusing because historically, usually we've gone up since July. You watch a usual statistic graph of real estate values, price or values will go up between July and December. So since we've taken about a 10% hit, it, it starts to be a lot harder for people to digest when they see those assessments. Or what we're getting a lot right now is people inviting us in, thinking of selling their home based on what they've received in the mail as their assessed value. And they're already six months behind. <laughs> yeah, we have to break the news. Well, and that, that leads into something that I think is really important before we get into the meat of this topic, is that your assessed value and your market value are two totally separate things. If for no other reason than they're six months detached yeah. often. but yeah, well, Some, Sometimes well, they can be close. Yeah. Sometimes they can be north of that, south of that. It, it's something to consider when you're figuring out the price of your home, for sure. But you get a lot of people who are like, oh, well, my home is assessed $5,000 over this last sale, so I should get $5,000 more. And it's just not that simple. The The person who assesses your home doesn't really know the condition of your home. They'd have, they've never walked through it. And like Patrick just said, they're also behind. It's, it's not what's going on currently today. Yeah. So I'll take... One minute just to help the listeners understand sort of the process of where assessment comes from. And we've got a lot of meat to talk about about once we know what we're assessed at. But what you're saying, Jeff, right, is they don't know the condition of your home. Yes. But they do try to understand the condition of the homes they're using as the baseline. So they, they create a baseline, the real humans that Jeremy is talking about, and then they try to stretch that out and apply it to Every home in the province. Right. So it's essentially an algorithm, and they just say, okay, well, your home was built in 1972, and other homes on your block were built in 1972 or between 71 and 76, so you're going to be similar, and your lot sizes are pretty similar, so you all kind of fit that way. But then, how does the assessment authority know if you've updated your kitchen, and you've updated your drain tile, and you've done some massive improvements to your house, which makes it actually valued very different than the 1973 house two doors down? And the only way they know is through public record, which are city permits. That's the only way the assessment authority has any way of knowing that if your home hasn't been on the market and advertised all of these characteristics. If you've been in your home for 15 years, the city doesn't know unless you're pulling permits and putting that stuff on record. And you do get just weird little things where you'll have like two units in a building that are one floor apart that just happen to have a difference in their assessment by a huge amount. And I... Maybe Patrick has some insight or maybe not, but sometimes, I don't know if it was just a different person who did the assessment on on it, or sometimes you just get weird things in the assessments. It, it has to come from, from documented record. Yeah. So it, it's usually from something, either permits that have been pulled, because some condo owners do actually pull permits when they <laughs> renovate their kitchen and do that stuff. Most don't, Yeah. <laughs> but some do, and that will uh, increase your tax assessed value because you've now documented increased value in your home. Or um, the assessment people who are there, they do look at real estate listings when it sells. They go and they look. Yeah. And they take that and they say, well, I can see that your condo unit, it looks pretty nice. Yeah. We're going to have to, you know, bring your value up. And then I don't know where they draw the line where they say, okay, your two-bedroom condo, I can see you've done an amazing renovation. It was built in 1988 and you've renovated it from top to bottom and it is now an amazing condo. The one below you, it hasn't been on the market in 15 years. I know nothing about it. It maybe has had some renovations. Maybe it hasn't. I just don't know. And I don't know if they give it like a baseline, like land value and they give it no credit whatsoever. Or if they say like, well, statistically, you've probably done something. (laughs) I don't know the deep woods about how this actually functions at the, the BC assessment office level, but I have a hard time imagining they are annually or even quarterly, 
uh, reviewing three and a half million yeah, properties totally. to decide who did the build, who did what kind of revenue, and whose real estate listing looks good or not. I, I imagine it's much more of a, a bit of a big data exercise they do. They may download permits from cities just from open data, download that permit and say, well, there was $20,000 worth of work done to this city and add it to their data set. They do. Yeah, I think it's a matter of it, but I don't think it's a personal activity thing. Well, I no, think no, this it's, is a big yeah, data it, thing. It's certainly not one-to-one. Yeah, no, they just take that spreadsheet and just say, okay, well, you've got $20,000 of value on a permit, so yeah. we're adding that value to the, the improvements of your lot. Um, but assessment representatives have called me over the years. Yeah. And they ask me about properties. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they try to really understand the ones that they're zeroing in on okay. to become their baseline that the algorithm then stretches out and applies to a thousand units surrounding it. Hmm. Or someone's maybe appealing it and they need some insight. Well, I've had calls for both. I've had calls to help with appeals and I've had calls where they're just saying, hey, I'm just trying to understand this sale. Like, Matt, you represented this sale and it looks out of line with the market. Right, and I have to put it into the data set, like you're talking about, Pat. So how do I, how do I properly maybe adjust it into the algorithm so things don't end up out of whack? So they're 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 kind of handpicking little ones to try to get their 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 math formula correct. So I think that's enough preamble. Let's move into some stuff that our 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 guest is um, the expert, well equipped to (laughs) talk about, and and I thought it would be appropriate to start with talking about uh, the relationship between assessments. And what you actually pay in taxes. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions here. Yeah. Um, your assessment going up 10% doesn't mean that your taxes are going up 10%. What? Um, <laughs> based on, uh, even though your taxes are based on your assessment. And, and that's a little bit, that's something for people have to sort of get their minds around. So what the city does every year is the city basically says, we need a certain amount of money to operate the city. So if last year it cost us $100 million to run the city, next year it's going to cost us $103 million, then we have to put taxes up 3%. Okay. That, when we say taxes are going up 3%, we mean that we're going to collect 3% more money based from on taxes. Based on the budget. Yeah. Based yeah. On, we're going to collect 3% more money this year than we did last year right. from taxes. So um, obviously, if everybody's assessment goes up 10%, we can't raise everybody's taxes by 10% or we'll get more than that 3%. Or, or they won't elect you ever again. Yeah, well, that's another... <laughs> let, let's, get by the, let's get by the electability issues of it all. Because ultimately, that's a big difference in taxes than the other fees we collect is that we are free to raise taxes as much as we want. Until, oh, really? Interesting. Until the electorate tells us to go away. Right. Um, so... So how your assessment atta- impact or is impacted by the tax increases or impacts your how much you feel of tax increases is all related to how much your assessment increase relates to the city-wide assessment increase. So the city went up around 9%, right? Every, the assessments went up 9% across the city. If your personal assessment went up 9%, then you're going to have... Uh, then your taxes are going to increase at exactly the average rate of everybody else's taxes. So is it is it fair to say the money New West needs to run is the entire pie and everybody went up 9%. If I stayed in line with that 9%, I'm basically still just responsible for my portion of that pie that I like it's the same your piece of the pie is my the piece same. of the pie is the it same it hasn't it's changed not, which yeah. I think is the big misconception a lot I, of people have exactly yeah. so um, my example I, I'll use yeah. myself as an example I own a house a small house over here a little 1940 house in the brow of the hill um, and uh, my assessment actually went down by about 1% this year so um, because the city's average assessment went up 9% I'm very likely to have a reduction in my taxes this year Okay. Um, if, if the budget's the same, if the budget were to if the budget were to stay exactly the same, I would see an eight percent decrease in my taxes. Um, you know, the city over the last few years has had increases somewhere around three percent. That's kind of been the average tax increase. So, if we're going to use examples, let's let's you know um, use that three percent as an example. The city has not set its tax rate for okay. Let's 2019. be clear on let's that. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> oh, okay, so we're not officially three percent. We're not three percent at twenty four. No, we have yeah. not set the tax rate yet. We're doing a bunch of the a bunch of the budget work right now. What the city has to do is we have to send our tax our our uh, five year financial plan to the province that includes includes our tax increase by May. Anyway. 
Let's assume it's 3% just because that's what's been kind of around average the last few years. Uh, if, you're, if you have your typical house that went up 9% and the city decides to increase its taxes at 3%, that means that you, the amount of money that you pay in taxes next year will go up 3% over the previous year. So really, I care about my relationship to that 9% if I'm trying to figure out. Exactly. Yeah. So the average um, single family detached house in New Westminster went up about 6%. Okay. So if you are a, again, own that typical million dollar single family house in New West and your house went up 6% in value, that means that your house went up 3% less than 9% than the average, right? So the 3% tax increase the city has and the difference between you and the average balances out evenly and you'll pay exactly the same amount of taxes as you did last year. Ah, you picked some convenient numbers for your example. I, I did, no, <laughs> yeah. no I, I didn't make up those numbers. No, but, I, I, but, I just mean it was nice how the math worked. Yeah, so, yeah. The, so the counter yeah. to that, of course, is if you're a typical condo owner, condos yeah. went up around 14% in New West. So your taxes are probably going up a little more. Yeah, they're going to go up 8%. Yeah, so, yeah, so if you're 14%, the difference between that and the average of 9 is... 5. Thank you, Matt. That's why you're the <laughs> we realtor. Call him, we call him fact, Matt. That's why you're the realtor and I'm the city talkie guy. Um, 5%. And so cities, and so if the city's taxes go up 3%, add that to 5, then your, the t- amount you pay is going to go up about 8%. So I, my townhouse only went up 2%. So I'm probably in, in good shape. Assuming the city's taxes Assuming, go up right. 3%. Yeah. Then uh, two plus three is five. Hey, city's <laughs> average is city's average is nine. You're a little. You're, you'll probably save a little money money on taxes. Ash did, or Ash, I just called Matt my son's name. Uh, <laughs> Matt did. Um, he was a very boyish. D- did you check the uh, yours? I saw you looking at yours. Yeah, mine went up seven percent. Ooh, so slightly below average. So, yeah, so I'll pay a little more in taxes. A little more. Nice. One percent. Assuming it's three percent. Assuming assuming it's three percent. That's always an assumption. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm below average, which is sort of nice there. That's, it seems the higher valued properties went up less than than the condos, right? Yeah, which is which is what the market did. That is exactly sure. what the market did. But it, yeah. it definitely goes contrary to history, where typically the detached side was going up more, and the detached owners have been paying really a large chunk of the the property taxes. And, and I'm up eleven percent. Oh, and we Jared. talked about, you know, <laughs> algorithm, algorithms and people and, and you know, this, the whole tax authority assessment agency. Um, and and it's just, it's funny because sometimes you'll, you'll see a sale in a building. I'm in a townhouse complex, a very small townhouse complex. And then all of a sudden your, your, your actual value will just match what a sale was. And it just seems like it's consistently you kind of see that when there's... Um, when there's a sale, like almost like they just see it and then like, okay, that's market value. And it was right around that time or whatnot. Yeah, so that's what the algorithm's meant to do, right? Yep. I think they do have the um, interest upon destruction from a strata plan. They use that as part of the math formula. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot there. What's I don't know what it, I know what all those words individually mean. <laughs> <laughs> so in, interest upon destruction. Sounds like a band I, name. I, I didn't ask for definition. <laughs> I, I, I think it's worth for the listener who's like, what did Matt just no, say? You poked the to bear. Elaborate just a yeah. little bit. Well, on that. and it's something actually that's it's helpful for for someone like Patrick to understand is that condo owners, at the baseline of their strata, says if you're on the fifteenth floor and then your neighbor is on the fifth floor and you have an identical floor plan and otherwise otherwise identical units, like let's say a brand new building. The in the event that the building goes down, they realize and they have to rebuild it and how much each person gets paid out upon destruction. The person on the 15th floor has a hired valued unit, got a better view. So it's just formulated that way to say, if you've got an obviously better setup, even though you're, you're square footed, your footprint is the same, right. you are worth more, right? Or if you're the one who has a massive terrace or balcony or something to that effect, right. that is being taken into account and it adds to your value not just that you're the same two-bedroom condo as all your other neighbors in the building so, so it's assessed differently than your strata fees which are usually just square feet just strata square fees feet. is unit entitlement right. yeah, yeah which is essentially what percentage of the building yeah. you own. yeah exactly so that's that's where that's probably part of the formula too um and how they they kind of run that through but anyway that's a good example and definitely sort of helping put that myth to rest that if my taxes go up 30 percent my Taxes, I my assessment goes up thirty percent, then my taxes I pay will go up thirty percent. Not true. Can you imagine how we how hard it would be to run a city if that was the truth? Because we would never know what our budget was until the assessment came in. Right. It would be this random 
bolus of money would come in and we and remember cities are not allowed to run deficits and we're not allowed to run profits we have to <laughs> within a five-year plan we always have to zero out our, balance our money so, so it's amazing pat because you have to have this conversation every single year and as do we yeah, <laughs> to, that's fine. To, to remind people that you know don't get too uh worried about your assessment you first need to see how you fit relative to your neighbors um but the next part is um once that's dialed in and we know it's going up three percent or whatever it is is there's the whole formula the math around this the the mill rate that gets discussed and there's a lot of that other stuff right what what's a mill rate (laughs) uh mill rate is the is how we calculate how much taxes you pay and a mill rate is uh a per mill just like percent but per mill so per thousand Per, per million no, per, per mill. Mill means thousand, like a millimeter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's the amount you pay per thousand. I'm gaslighting Patrick. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe this guy's a realtor. He knows nothing about Latin. No, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the amount you pay per thousand dollars in property value. So um, it creates a bunch of weird misunderstandings about how property taxes work. Um, but the favorite to me is uh, is that... The city charges you per mill, but um, obviously um, different cities have different land values. And so uh, the mill rate, uh, if you look at West Vancouver, West Vancouver is always the best example in Lower Mainland because property values are crazy in West Vancouver. And the mill, yes. <laughs> West Vancouver has both the lowest taxes in the Lower Mainland and the highest. Say what? <laughs> well, people will often compare cities in the Lower Mainland and say, look, New Westminster's got high taxes West Vancouver's got the lowest taxes because their mill rate is very low. Okay. I wanted to ask you, and this is kind of on the same sort of thread, but you you came up, I actually read one of your articles, blog posts, 2014. Poor you. You long, and my mom. Long time ago. <laughs> you, you read it originally. Originally, yeah. 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 I have lots of time on my hands. That was before children. Or, <laughs> long time or child. You're a big fan over um, here. He's going to want you to autograph this chart So, later. no, these are, and again, not good to have, you know, Pictures and I love pieces the of paper diagram. on on, on, ra- on radio. Jeremy just passed Patrick a bunch of graphs, <laughs> bar is charts. It, does that yeah. does that stuff? The question does that stuff change? Are we is that still kind of applicable? Or are these are do the so, mill rates change? So, so for the yeah. listeners, what what Jeremy passed was a. Now I can't really see it very well, but is that how color. all the different cities compare to each other in twenty fourteen? Yeah, that was yeah. I, I did. So I, I have a blog. I have a blog that I talk about sort of the city a lot in the blog. And um, over the years, I've been asked a lot of questions about taxes. And I started doing this actually before I got elected. I started writing these, these pieces about, you know, how answering these questions. How does your mill rate related taxes? How does New Westminster compare to other cities? And uh, again, New what? Westminster has relatively high mill rate, but relatively low taxes. I, I just want to stop you for one second. You put this out before you were a city councillor? Oh, I, I, was blog- I was blogging this stuff before Citizen I got Citizen of the year. Okay. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> and that was purely just from passion for New West and... It was, yeah. And, I, and numbers. Yeah, I was always... Yeah, I was just always kind of talking about this stuff. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm not going to defend it. Just, but but, it, but it's, also, it's also come so, from people saying that our taxes are so much higher than everyone else's. Every city in the Lower Mainland has one thing in common, is that the people who live there think it's the highest tax city in the Lower Mainland. Um, <laughs> so, so the point is, again, let me finish the West Van thing. Yeah. New, West Van has very low mill, mill rates. If you compare all of the cities in the Lower Mainland, West Van clearly has the lowest mill rate, so the lowest taxes, except that the average property value in West Vancouver is five times the average property yeah. value in New West. So the actual money they collect in taxes per household or per capita is much higher than any other city in the Lower Mainland. That's why I kind of joke they have the lowest and highest taxes. So often, so this speaks to the problem of comparing taxes between communities. Um, we can't compare mill rates. It's not fair because it doesn't relate to how much money the city actually takes in uh, mm, to operate I every see. year. We can compare it by average household, how much money we collect from the average household or the average house value. But again, that's problematic because a city like New Westminster is, you know, 40%, 43% rental households. Uh, a city like New Westminster has mostly multifamily, more multifamily than it does single family. Uh, so those end up becoming variables that make the comparison difficult. Yeah, that can skew the numbers a lot. Yeah, I mean, you guys know what is an, what is the average? How, what's the average home price in New Westminster, and how does that relate to the? Well, actual, we never speak to yeah, it on you, an average. We you, can't. You yeah, can't exactly because you exactly. have to either talk about condos, 
townhomes right. or houses because it, yeah, it, right. it, the numbers has no value. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So you can compare. I try to compare mostly by per household. So if you just take the and, and the provincial government has stats that you can collect from the provincial, provincial website has stats every year they collect of all the city's finances. And they put it all together in a single spreadsheet so you can compare cities and just say, look, this is the amount of money we collect in taxes, which, you know, New West, it's something around $70 million. And then you just divide that by the number of households you get. That's one way to compare how much tax we get per household. You can also do it per capita, right? There's a couple of different ways you can compare us. And I'm not sure which is fair. Like it, mm. it's, it, it really depends on what you're trying to, what you're trying to compare. So, um, but by most analysis that I've done, uh, New Westminster is pretty sticky in the middle mm-hmm. as far as residential taxes. Uh, we're a little higher than average on, on business taxes, but we're uh, on, sorry, um, property taxes on businesses. I don't right. need to say oh, business I taxes. See. Yeah, so commercial, yeah. Right. Yeah, Com- I, commercial I and industrial property taxes. We're a little higher than average. Residential, we're a little below average. How do we compare to our neighbors like Burnaby and Coquitlam? Uh, basically, as a general trend, again, generalizations here, yeah. Uh, everybody uh, north and west of us is higher, and everyone east and south of us is lower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good generalization. There are some yeah. anomalies. Um, anomalies based on the size of the city. Uh, um, the, uh, anomalies based on things like Delta. Delta's got Annesis Island. Annesis Island is a huge industrial property that they right. don't have to provide much services to, but they get a ton of tax revenue from, so that allows them to reduce their residential property oh, tax. Oh, interesting. Little things like that end up playing into it. I, yeah. have, I have some more visual aids. Okay. Uh-oh. And just while you prepare yeah. that for a second, I just want to mention to our listeners that you might be hearing Pat say, like, hey, we have like really high property taxes on businesses in New West, and you want us to maybe ask him about that. That is not the purpose of today's show, and I'm not going down that rabbit hole. So we're not here to grill city counselor on hmm. why taxes are a certain rate or anything like that. Oh, it's a trap. Yeah. Oh, go, oh, 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 go to my go to my website and just search that. I'm sure I've got a couple of blog posts on that topic exactly. Yeah, excellent. But but we want to keep it on point just to understand the the taxing process yeah. for today. Yeah. So I mean we get it, it doesn't seem to happen as much anymore, but I remember it kind of used to happen more often. But you have people saying, like, why are taxes so high in New West? Because they're looking at, like, say, two. I just printed off two properties that uh, are for sale. And I kind of just went on very similar um, tax assessed value. And this is based on last year um, versus how much that. So that assessment, how much they pay, pay in that municipality. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, give us a little insight. So what did you just pass, Pat? So, so we have two properties that were for sale, one in, one in Burnaby, one in New Westminster. Um, and I'm not looking at what they're, so what the, they're, these properties are very comparable in your opinion? in tax assessment wise, just to, I just wanted okay. to pull two addresses with similar tax assessments. And I use the MLS because that's what, because that's what we I got. had in front yeah. of me and it allows me to look them up. Um, so, I mean, we've got two properties here and I, now that I don't have them in front of me, I can't see them, but two assessed values of. 680, 680, 682 and 683,000. So yeah, pretty, same. pretty close. Um, and then what's kind of the rough difference, New, yeah, difference New, between yeah. their, their yearly property taxes? Yeah, about 160 bucks. So yeah, about um, 5% difference between the two. And okay. is, yeah, the, yeah, is, is the New, New West, West one paying yeah. the higher of the two? Yeah. Is, is that okay? So yeah. it, it, to me, and this and these are, you're looking at like market value of around 700, yeah, 750. Exactly. Um, so kind of an average condo maybe a little bit higher more average in burnaby um to me that doesn't seem like that big of a difference a hundred dollars is that um, that's for the whole year yeah Yeah. 100 150 a year i don't see that as too much but the second part of the question and i I printed a couple illustrations but they're pretty much the same idea there how does it play in we have our own police force um utility company which is i guess another monthly bill are, are you asking where the taxes where the money goes i'm just wondering if if that's part of that is that it's because of our our budget oh i want to finish this thought a little okay bit. let's yeah. um i don't think burnaby and new west are the best comparators because they're too close together okay a better comparison is actually vancouver and new west i'm and so confused no <laughs> a million dollar property in vancouver will pay a much lower tax property taxes than a million dollar property in New Westminster because they're a much smaller piece of the Vancouver pie because they're a much because they're a much smaller piece of a bigger pie and because they are relative to the average value of a property in that city much smaller um, so and also let's think a million dollar property in Vancouver is what I I have a two bedroom 
condo downtown coming up next week for nine fifty in Vancouver, and, and it's eight hundred square feet. Yeah. So what's a million dollar property in New Westminster? Uh, a, a really, really nice townhouse or a house that needs a lot of work. Well, my house doesn't need that much work. My nineteen forty, <laughs> my nineteen forty, <laughs> my nineteen forty house in, in maybe Hill. maybe your assessments off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, so the point is, I guess, um, yeah, where you fit in that average impacts it. So so a, so in this case, you know, um, the average property in Burnaby. I mean, it costs the same to run a city. Generally, You're, I'm going to get to your second point. That does actually. I think cost US more. is more because we're we're old. It does sometimes cost more to run some cities than others. I agree. But this ends up becoming this weird thing where people compare. And I wrote a blog post about this because a friend of mine was complaining that she was paying more tax on her $700,000 house. This was, sorry, this was a few years ago. Yeah. A $700,000 house in, in, uh, in um, Glenbrook North than her friend was paying in her million-dollar house in East Van. I'm trying to like, well, your house in Glenbrook North is a lot nicer than that East Van house. And you, if you bought that house in East Van, you would have paid a whole bunch more money for it and the difference in your taxes are irrelevant compared to the amount of the difference in value. Yeah, where house. she fits on the totem pole yeah. is much higher. Where you fit in the totem pole of property values right. really impacts how much property tax you pay. So um, that is, again, a very difficult thing to compare between cities. Um, I mean, otherwise we'd all be living in Langley City where taxes are, are probably the lowest, you know, lowest mill rates or the highest mill rates. Sorry, the lowest <laughs> overall value. Right. Uh, lowest overall cost hey, in, in the region. So... How does the amount of money... So that's why I like to do the comparison around per household or per capita, because I think that's what really impacts our lives, right? How much am I actually paying um, in taxes to to the city to, to for my day-to-day life? Because houses don't pay taxes. The people live in them do. So um, in that case, we tend to be slightly below average in the region. Um, I can... Yeah, slightly below average in the region. So how does... What are the other factors that affect how much money the city needs to run? Is that, I think that's the other the question you yeah, really kind of getting the other, at. the other part, yeah. Um, New Westminster has a couple of challenges that make property tax higher, uh, residential property tax higher. One is that we don't have a lot of industrial property base. So I gave the example of Delta. Anasis Island is a great cash cow. And sometime back in the 50s, uh, no one wanted Anasis Island Right. Um, Delta took it, uh, <laughs> made it, made it into industrial wasteland, provide, vi- provide relatively inexpensive services to it and make a ton of money on industrial taxes. That is, hmm. that was a great idea for Delta at the time. Too bad New West didn't take it on. Um, Vancouver's got the ex- downtown, the commercial properties in downtown over so much money and commercial and industrial taxpayers pay much higher tax rates than residents do. So they shift some of that off of the residential. And so that, be- that ends up becoming, you, you know, it costs you a hundred million to run your city. If the business and commercial are paying 20 million of that, that helps the homeowners. So cities have to constantly balance that between how much we charge businesses and how much we charge homeowners. Every city in the lower mainland, every city subsidizes home owners with commercial and industrial taxes. Okay. We all charge way more to industrial and commercial than they than they collect in services and subsidize homeowners. So that's one factor. How much commercial right. and industrial property and what what's the value of it? That impacts residential taxes. Um, there's a bunch of weird things that impact it. Um, uh, utilities don't. Gas you know, or, or uh, sewer water um, garbage, those don't impact it because those have to, by law, be run separately than taxes. Oh, so your interesting. Su- I didn't your, know that. Your sewer water and garbage bills, we can only collect money from you to pay for that utility. We right. have to. Uh, we can't make a profit on that and we can't subsidize that operation by law. That That is something that is run um, separately from city taxes. From so taxes. there is no profit when I pay my $5 extra for my bag of garbage or whatever that sticker costs me. All of that money goes back into the garbage utility, and right. all that money either goes into capital in the garbage utility, and we adjust rates every year based on what we need to maintain that utility. If, if you need to upgrade one of the mechanical parts of that system, yeah. is that coming from... No, that, that, so we, now that's budget? So we have reserves in those utilities. Those utilities are run separately. So it, okay. it gets a little mm. bit complicated because um, uh, municipal finance is complicated. Part of the problem, of course, is city employees do a bunch of that work. So our oh. utility, our utility <laughs> actually charges our city. <laughs> our, our garbage utility charges the city for taking its garbage away. Hmm. 
And the city charges the utility for letting them, for using our employees to do their service. There actually has to be a separation of that finance. Accounting, right? Yeah. Because the utility has to be run as a utility, self-supporting, nonprofit utility. So utility fees are different than taxes. Um, the difference in New Westminster, one difference we have, of course, is electrical utility. Right. New Westminster is one of the few cities with an electrical utility. Uh, Nelson has one. I think Penticton does. There's only a couple in uh, cities in BC that still have one. And that's a long legacy of New Westminster having electric utility from the 1800s. Way, the way that operates in New Westminster is the city buys electricity from BC Hydro at wholesale rates. It sells electricity to residents at rates that are basically the same as what BC Hydro charges all their regular retail customers. The difference between those two is some number of millions of dollars, somewhere around uh, ballpark numbers here, people don't hold me to these. The number is around $8 million difference. We make profit on our electric utility every year. Uh, about three of that goes back into operating utility and creating a, a capital legacy so that we can actually build new substations and stuff like that. Uh, the rest of it goes right to the city and the city, we can spend that however we want. And what, three, three mil? About we, we take in about five million a year from the utility. So that's $3,000. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> see what you did we take we take about five million dollars in so so that's profit we we are right. allowed to run the electrical utility as a for-profit enterprise under the city and that five million dollars offsets your property taxes it makes mm. your property taxes lower because that's money we we can spend in the city to provide services and not have to charge you taxes okay um there's a few other little factors like that that really impact how a local government's tax our utility our um infrastructure costs New Westminster, a couple of weird statistics, has the highest proportion of its land dedicated to roads of any city in British Columbia. We got a lot of roads. Roads don't pay taxes. <laughs> roads cost money to maintain. Yeah. So weird things like that impact our taxes. And then there's the fact that you've got a bunch of, you know, um, pretty progressive political people who want to do things like support affordable housing, support um, uh, child care. So right. we, we, we make choices every year about, about programs that we want to support. And um, that has an impact on taxes, and we're aware of that. The pr- private police force is the same sort of idea? Oh, um, municipal police are, does cost a little more than RCMP. Yeah, I'm not, yeah that, it does cost us. Um, I, don't sh- I, I can't give you the exact number of that right. premium. It's something like 10% more. Yeah, just it, trying to get a, a it, picture. It does of cost a little more than RCMP. Um, I don't think we're really going to give that up. I think that's. I think. I think we see a real value in the community. And I, if you look at the impact that our police force has had on New Westminster in the last ten years, and their ability to uh, uh, compassionately deal with a lot of social issues we have in New Westminster, and mm. actually make this a better city, um, gives you more uh, control on the needs the, that your, your city has. Police force is so good for the community. Uh, I I think that we've yeah. had great leadership in the police force and and a, and a really great. Well, anyway, I, I I will it's, say many it's good, working. We can have another entire podcast yeah. about how great mm-hmm. our police force is. Yeah. Yeah. Now you prepared lots for this episode, which we are very appreciative to have you on here and sharing all this information. Uh, we are going to just kind of give you a chance to make sure we cover some of those core items. One being one one that I, I wanted to have you have a, a moment to speak to because it, it does relate to everything we just talked about: police, school, all the rest of it. Is that a large portion of the property taxes that we pay in the year? doesn't go to the city. We keep talking about how the city taxes us and all the rest of it, but it only makes up for a portion of the total that we as property owners actually pay out of our pockets. Yeah, so <laughs> last year, um, you know, the mill rate was somewhere around 4%. That means that for a person with a million-dollar house, you paid about $4,000 on your tax bill. But of that 4%, $4,000, about 2500 of it goes to the city. That's your city taxes. Hmm. Um, so we only get about 60% of your tax bill. About uh, 30% of it, 1200 bucks, goes to the school tax. Okay. And that is not determined by so our running local school district. is separate oh. from the city. Oh, let's talk about school tax. <laughs> <laughs> school tax <laughs> I is... I feel like I threw him a softball there. His eyes Oh, you did. You did. <laughs> So school tax is actually money that goes to the provincial government and goes into provincial coffers. That's where it goes. Um, ostensibly, it is a tax that is used to pay for your local school system. It does not, it's not controlled by your local school board. It just goes to the provincial government. And then the provincial government funds the school system however they feel like funding it. There is one city, <clears throat> excuse me, one city in British Columbia 
that pays in school taxes as much as it costs to run their school system. And that's the city of Vancouver. Every other city, their really? school taxes are different than, than they, they pay like less. Like they're paying. They pay less in school taxes than it costs to run their school system. Oh, okay. So, um, so school taxes are disconnected from, but it does, but it does, um, it's the only way the provincial government has their only real power to take money out of the property tax system. That's really their only uh, direct way to do that. And so they do it. And so that's why this, um, this additional tax they put on um, expensive houses um, was called a school tax because that was the only legislative ability they had oh, to do. Oh, because otherwise they don't have any right. Otherwise, any they would the... have had to create a rechange the entire tax regime. They would have had to create a new tax. Instead, they just attached it to the school tax. That's interesting. It's huh? a little bit lazy, <laughs> but, um, but but people were arguing. Well, this isn't actually a school tax. It's like, sorry, buddy, it's never been a school it's tax. School tax is never actually no. just a school tax. And school tax is adjusted just um, um, region by region. So um, so the mill rate for school tax. Taxes is adjusted by the province. Uh, we have no say in it, and it's adjusted region by region to sort of make it kind of fair. And then we got TransLink or transit tax and other things that kind of dip in there. So TransLink, two hundred bucks of your four thousand dollar tax bill went to TransLink to is run. Is it help. still called TransLink? Oh well, well yeah, it's still yeah. called TransLink. It changed too. It's not BC Transit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, TransLink is different than That's BC what Transit. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of BC Transit. Totally. So this is, well, there's yeah. a big thing because TransLink... We're older than you think. Only, yeah. tr- only TransLink does that. Yeah. In the other parts of the province, uh, when TransLink was formed, they don't pay a tax to, to BC Transit. All of their transit is paid for by, by, by the province. Yeah. No one pays a property tax to BC Transit uh, in Victoria or in the interior. Um, but they do pay a hospital tax. They pay an extra line in their... In their um, in their property taxes, which goes to pay for hospitals, which we don't pay in the Lower Mainland. That was a deal that was made between the province and the Lower Mainland when TransLink was invented. That was to compensate for the... Exactly. Taxes are weird. Taxes are weird. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a little bit of money, about a hundred bucks out of your property taxes goes to other things. That includes Metro Vancouver to run the Metro Vancouver administration. Uh, The BC Assessment Authority has to get paid for the the work they do. Those computers do a lot of work. That comes out of that. Uh, Municipal Finance Authority gets a little bit of money out of that. They get a couple of pennies out of your property taxes just to pay, operate what they do. So the big point to me is you get that $4,000 tax bill. Remember, $2,500 of that is coming to the city. And then you can go argue with somebody else about the rest if you're an oh, angry man. resident. Go, go, go take your argument to... You got 40% of that bill to go argue with somebody else about them, Patrick. Yeah, I'll take 60% <laughs> of your argument. <laughs> cool. Anything else in this uh, very much appreciated stack of papers that you wanted to make sure our audience is hearing from... No, it's up to you guys. What do you guys? What do you guys think your audience wants to hear? Well, I think we've covered a lot. There's a ton to digest there. And before we do our little outro, we'll we'll give people some resources that they can find. And I'm sure Matt's going to put lots of these things in the show notes. Do we have a time for another Jer question? There's no. It'll, it's a quick one. Maybe the one topic to talk about though before is appeal. You guys haven't mentioned the fact that uh, what the appeal process is and how that works. Well, you're, you're, you're stealing my thunder here. Oh, man. <laughs> the, uh, we've got a question of the week that relates ah. to that. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But I think Jer has one more Jer thing question. he wants to. Um, the, there was property taxes and there's talk of because we, we need a new pool, some new rec facilities, things like that. This is kind of a new specific thing. Um, and I, should, oh. I probably could have done my homework and looked that up. But hey, people are listening that live in New West. Let's just kind of give them the goods. Uh, is there any update on that? Is it, is it something that's going to be added? Is there in addition to property taxes? I thought there was something. There was a Canada there was a Games fee or tax something. that was being I, talked about. Correct? CGP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of cities do this. This is, this is something that um, your 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 base mill rate is the is the base mill rate we collect because we need to collect uh, x amount of money to run the city. So, um, but we also attached a separate line item. We took a piece of your mill rate and separated it out and called that a uh, called that a I, oh, I can't remember what we called it Canada Games Pool or Facilities Amenity Fund or something. Okay. So what we basically did is last year our taxes went up a little bit. Part of the increase in our taxes last year and part of our increase. Excuse me. This year, I anticipate, even though we haven't decided yet, mm-hmm. and part of your taxes next year, probably, even though we haven't decided yet, will be 
We'll have to go to the capital fund to pay for the Canada Games pool replacement, which is the biggest capital project the city's ever done. Right. Uh, it's going to be a $100 million pool. It's a lot. Of, it's a big expense for a city of 70,000 people. So we... It's, that's like an, that's over an entire year's budget going to one facility. Absolutely. Yeah, Essentially. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. think of it that way, that's massive. Yeah, it, it's, it's a big... It's a big... It's going to be cost us a lot of money. And we need it. I mean, we need it when we... Um, I'm not that worried about the public acceptance of needing the facility. I, I want think, a new pool. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I think... I think, <laughs> yeah. I think Classic Hayek. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's telling that when we announced that we, were gonna, we wanted to build this pool and what it was actually going to cost, we had a protest at City Hall of people coming and telling us that they'd wanted something bigger. <laughs> like uh, that, that is, um, that, that's a very unique new Westminster situation to have, to have us socialist counselors <laughs> trying to say, you know, I don't think we can afford it guys. But anyway, uh, that's new West. New West does everything different. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so what we, we, we decided, and this is a totally a political decision. We decided that, look, we're, our taxes are going up every year and people are going to notice this. I want to have a line item that to, to show people, look, this, this piece of your taxes is actually going right to that fund. Just, this is for transparency. This is, this is just a transparency thing. And it, it's to tell people, look, to remind them on their tax bill, this piece right here, this is going to pay for that pool so you guys just want. Just isolating it so they have that visual to see. Yeah, and it's probably protecting us a little bit. Right? Yeah. It, allows, it allows us politically to sort of say, yeah, I know your taxes are going up more than we, more than right, we want it to. because of the but, balance and everything. But, right? but we have to pay for this darn pool. So, yeah, I like yeah. to know what I'm paying for. I have a recreation property, and I get line items on there that say I have a community line item. Yeah. So it just goes to some of the folks who do sort of our, our local community stuff, and then recreation. And I, I see firsthand exactly where the recreation facilities are added in, yeah. in the tiny little community where it is. This is sometimes a problem in some communities because um, often there's a long list of these items <laughs> and they don't necessarily get advertised when the uh, city talks, compares taxes between cities. We have the lowest taxes in the lower mainland, except that you guys have an extra levy for this, an extra levy for this that are part of your taxes. And some do actual property levies which are not based on mill rate, but it's just like a flat hundred bucks per property. Mm, yeah. And that's, a, we, we don't do that in New West, um, but some cities do that, which again, complicates the comparing tax values between communities. I have one last question. Very last one. Um, is the mayor uh, insulted that we invited you and not him? <laughs> the mayor is a little busy right now. Um, I don't know if you see, he's been involved in the, in the mayor's, in the mayor's council. He's the chair of the mayor's council for Translink right now. They've got a lot of work to do right now with some of their capital plans. Uh, he's busy working on strategic planning for the city right now. He's got to sort of put together the, 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 um, the, the, the process through which council is going to get together and discuss our big strategic vision for the next four years. The mayor's very busy. I don't think he minds at all. <laughs> cool. We we have designs, and maybe you want to plant the seed to get him on the show one day this year and talk about a lot of what the city is doing uh, around housing because you've introduced yeah. a lot of new measures, and we're going to let some of those uh, percolate a little bit, and maybe he'll come on and tell us more. Yeah, there was some exciting stuff at last count. If you weren't paying attention to council on Monday. I'm, I'm in the know. Oh, you're in the know. Yeah, but we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for another show. Well, and maybe just a little plug for you. Uh, Patrick, you, you, you publish a lot of stuff about the council meetings. That's part of your blogging. I have been blogging at the city in around stuff around the city since, uh, I don't know, 10 years now. Um, but, uh, when I started getting, when I got elected to council, the first I decided to start writing about the council meetings. And after every council meeting, I write a report on my blog that says, look, here's, here's the 15 decisions we made. And I try to write a short one paragraph thing that just says, look, this is what we decided. Just so that people understand, there's so much procedural stuff at council. There's so much that gets, people have, you go to a council meeting, it's really hard for someone who isn't paying attention to understand what decisions are being made and how they're making decisions just because it's so procedural and it's a four-hour meeting full of procedural stuff that isn't clear to people who aren't in the know. So I try to make a short, unlike this sentence, I try to make a very short summary of the decision we make just so that people can try to understand a little bit more about uh, about what we're doing at council, and I also ask people to send me questions so that I can answer them on the blog and and um, sort of help people understand the city a little better. So, Best segue ever. Yes. Um, we, on that note, we're going to move into question of the week. Check out the big brain on bread. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. 
All right. So this question comes from Christy. Christy's tax assessments went up 80%. Yikes. <laughs> so, I can't. Yeah. So um, she saw that we were having you on, and she sent in uh, a message just saying that her taxes went up 80%. She was shocked. Her assessment went up 80%. Yes. Her assessment went up 80%. Thank you for the clarification, Matt. Uh, she called to ask the city about why this happened, and she was told that she just needs to go through the appeal process. So her question is, what steps should she take to prepare for the appeal, uh, which I think speaks to a little bit of what Patrick was going to get into. And then we also do have her address, her building, rather, which is 715 Royal, which I think Matt and Jer, maybe we can get into a little bit about, because there's some specific stuff that's happened in that to, building. I used to live in that building. <laughs> <laughs> that, the first apartment I ever rented in New Westminster, my brother and I lived in that building back in 1988. That's amazing. Good the, times, the, man. The values went up after Patrick and his brother left. Well, <laughs> that's why it went up 80%. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> They're like, former citizen of the year lived here? We, we're way off. <laughs> so that was 30 years ago. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So, so let's start with... The actual appeal. So how how do we appeal? Well, there, it's there's a few things that go into it. The first most important thing people don't need to know when this is publishing is listen to it right now because your deadline to file your appeal is January thirty first. Very important. Okay, so that's the first yeah. part. Um, you you got to do some homework before you decide to do it and understand if it's really worth doing, right? But this is an example where it probably is. The first thing to understand is average. Yeah, Patrick right. has said on the show repeatedly today, 9% is the average increase in New West. So really, if you're higher than 20, you're definitely So at 80, you're, you're, what you're paying is going to go up significantly. Yeah, yeah, the cost to you is going to go up. So then you need to, re- to really do some more digging to find out, will I be successful in my appeal? What can I do? Because that, that 80% to her probably applies to most or all of her neighbors in the building. In theory, it should be. We haven't gone through and checked, but yes. I think Jeremy did. Jeremy pulled some numbers, and, and all of them do uh, have gone up considerably. Um, so, yeah, he was he was looking at a, a quite a few properties, and it seems pretty consistent that they went up. Okay. So uh, the appeal process, I, I don't really want to get into all of the, the, like, the how-tos because... Let's start with where, where, do, where do they go? You, right. Go to the BC Assessment website. So bcassessment.ca. And it's, on we'll put, it's on your assessment here you brought in. It is on your assessment. Uh, we'll it put a link a in the show number. notes. That's where you go. There are resources there to help you along to do this. The important thing to know is don't invest yourself in doing it unless you have some sort of sense that you will be successful. Okay. Yeah, I think you can call. I mean, there's, it's kind of a two-step process. I know you can call them, call their 1-800 number or whatever it is and and have that conversation as an initial thing um, and sort of talk. You actually can talk to an appraiser before you actually go through the formal application for an appeal and get some advice on how to move forward. I do know that part. Um, but the point is, yeah, time is a clicking because you have until, until uh, January 31st. And if you don't get it in by then, you're not going to be heard. So if somebody in Christie's position, that I think that's important because from the tone of the email I got, I didn't get the sense that she um, she felt like she could talk to somebody. So she can talk to somebody first is what you yeah, said. Yeah, my understanding, I mean, there is a 1-800 number. You can phone them and you can have a, a discussion with an appraiser yeah. uh, beforehand and, and they will probably give you some advice about whether, you know, how, how to move forward on it. Okay. Because so, there's a couple things, right? It could be there's like... We were just looking at it, and it seems like it's on track that it was behind that that building was behind for a bit. Um, but if someone's appealing, like they might have an instance where their house, the condition of it is actually deteriorating, and it's kind of just land value. And and so, but the main appeal thing you would think is going to be is the condition different of my property than what maybe they think. So if I'm somebody appealing my home, and I'm looking because the assessments were done in July, and I'm like, oh, the sales of my home the last few sales in December were way lower. What do I do? Because obviously it needs to be compared to everybody else in July. Correct? Yeah. That's the starting point. So I need to get some ammo if I'm going to actually do it. Yeah. I mean, what Patrick's saying though, is they can just call in and, and get some, right. a good start there. But Step yeah, one, talk to so, somebody. But if you still think that you need to, to proceed, yeah, you need details. You need numbers. Yeah. And that has to fall around that july 1st range but like patrick's saying you have to dig around and get it but the the quarterly reports are out there that'll tell you roughly what values were around that time right yeah um this 
this likely applies to Christie and could apply to other people who are wondering why their assessment went up disproportionately more than others. And that will be because the assessment authority has identified a significant amount of improvement to the property. Because land values all go up roughly the same rate. Yeah. So where the discrepancies will be is on the improvements on the piece of property. And what they're saying about that building, it applies to everyone in the building, is the building has invested a lot of money in it recently. Now, you're talking about improvements to the actual, like, the structure. The, the overall the structure of the building. Because that, that those condos in there were devalued for a number of years as agents. Sometimes we'll say, ooh, that's an old building that's a bit been a bit neglected and i'm not speaking to 17 row but we might say that to clients like they they're going to need to do plumbing and they need to do elevators and they haven't done their roof and they've got some siding concerns and yeah people pay a lot less money to buy into there because they feel that they could be they need to save up a lot of money to pay for all those improvements down the road and 715 royal has invested a lot they they have done a ton of work in the past few years in the past few years they have replaced and modernized their elevator they've replaced all of their plumbing their roof is reasonably young and they did all of their some common of, areas some of the as balconies. well. Yeah, all of the balconies actually were done along with all the sliding doors to the balconies. And that was the big one last year is all of the balconies, a bit of an exterior refresh and sliding doors was on the books last year. Right. So that could factor. Jerry, you kind of looked at their assessments year by year, right? Did you have anything to add as far as I mean, as there that was, goes? if you go back to, so the most recent one, it seems that because you also kind of identify was it just this one unit? Did they get you know? Did they have improvements Are they here or or, is this the or just so just taking kind of a random random sampling? Um, it does seem that they were. If you go a couple of years back worth of assessments, they were on the lower side because there was some items that needed to be repaired there. Um, but it, that, a lot of that, that's been addressed now, and they seem consistently all up around the same amount. Um, and if you look at a, a you know a sale that happened in in May. At three sixty five three hundred sixty five thousand dollars, it sold this past May, just before the assessments, um, you know, and, and it's assessed now at three twenty three. So it actually sold a bit over what uh, what it's assessed at now. But no, they're fairly they're fairly consistent. So, so they just, were they were playing catch up. Is kind of what well, what, yeah. And I have a thought on that too. I want to jump in and sorry, Christy, to keep sort of justifying why it went up so much because I hate to, <laughs> I to hate to the, say that the, yeah totally. Um, but the low end of the market had the biggest boom in two thousand eighteen. That is very true, right? The entry level buyers were still buying and buying aggressively because they had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it became a baseline where anything in the US cost three hundred thousand dollars. And yeah. two years ago, you could pick up a 715 Royal for 110. Do you think the recent boost in rental rates has also impacted that? People are buying those lower cost ones because the rental rates are all of a sudden 30% higher than they were last year, and there's more chance. Well, you can't rent at 715 Royal, though. Yeah. But as an uh, okay. alternative to renting. Yeah. It would definitely, for young people, as an alternative, they're yeah. saying rents are so cost prohibitive, I may as well buy something because it's the same cost as renting and but, it gets me in the market. Yeah. But the boom sort of trickled down, right? All the way yeah. from, from million dollar houses. Um, After down you left, to, they stopped allowing rentals for whatever that's worth <laughs> sometime in that 30 yes. years yeah. <laughs> so i apologize christy for being the bearer of bad news but the market was on your favor on your side a sense that your your property is worth a whole lot more than it was two years ago i mean the good news is her building caught up they they were yeah. selling way lower than other homes that were similar in size and condition but they had they did a ton of work and they improved their value. But unfortunately, and they're probably also... playing way way below average tax for rate for probably time. a long time. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for today, Patrick. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It thanks. Was, thanks. It was great to have you. Thank you very much. If you guys are enjoying this show, please think about leaving us a five star review on iTunes. That really helps us find more listeners. And if you want to find out more about the blog Patrick was talking about or any of those links to BC um, assessment, links to BC assessment, all that stuff, you can check the show notes. You can find Patrick at patrickjohnstone.ca and we'll we'll put his email address in the show as well. If you want to get in touch with Matt or Jer, they are at thenewwestguys.com. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you very much.
Have you guys ever noticed um, when you come back from a long vacation, maybe Pat, you're just away for a while, um, you go to get in your car and nothing about driving it is intuitive? What? Does this happen to you? Where are you going with this? Do you notice that, I, though? Uh, I, I came back from a uh, month-long vacation where I had not driven in a car. Uh, I hadn't driven a car. And uh, uh, my windows were all closed, and it was a little uh, moist when I was gone. So <laughs> I have currently spent uh, several hundred dollars on detailing, trying to get the mold out of the Oh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> and I'm currently running a dehumidifier inside my car uh, six hours a day, trying to get it to dry out in there because it just is moist. Cars, they don't like sitting. plan this? Was this a setup? No, not at all. No. Whoa. No, oh, that's... no that's too bad. Oh. Uh, no, I'm thinking like when I get back from vacation, <laughs> I haven't driven in a long time. I get in and I'm like, which side is the, the, the wiper control on? Was that on the left or the right? And I'm like... and, and and nothing like when I'm driving down the street all of a sudden, like not everything's quite as automatic. Right, all my this maneuvers. Is, this is coming back from Tulamine? Anytime. Like if I go if I'm on a long vacation, I haven't driven, I get in the car and it's just sort of not as you can I can almost drive with my eyes closed because I drive every you single day. You better not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, frequency for me tends to have better performance. What I'm starting to notice <laughs> That's what she said. Good <laughs> oh! thing this is after the credits and no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep carrying on. Um, what I'm getting at is I've noticed that people who use a car share service often don't drive as often. And I have way too many close calls with Evos than any other car on the road. And they are high on like my spidey sense now. So you you just want to hate hate on on car sharers? I I understand many people using car share service are regular drivers and they're like a two person household with one car and they probably do it more often. Jared, or or you're an evil person with several vehicles and you just kind of like driving those little cars around. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Jeremy is a regular Evo user, but Jeremy is a regular driver. But there are some people who hop in an Evo and don't drive that often. <laughs> you know, um, I am a lifelong cyclist and a pedestrian advocate and. I have an entire hierarchy of uh, driver skill levels measured just by make and model of car. <laughs> I can tell you exactly how a person is going to act just by the condition. Yeah, what what type, what model of Ford they drive? I can tell you what kind of driver. Okay, they so are. I, I got, drive a Fusion. Where do I rank? You're, you're, you're fine. You're completely innocuous. <laughs> no, no, no one in a Fusion has ever been evil. Um, <laughs> Where who who is better drivers from a cyclist perspective? Car to go or Evo? Uh, I, I don't know. Differentiate the, between. I, I don't know the difference. But uh, have you noticed they're worse though? The, as the, a general rule, people who, uh, who people who people who drive car share don't drive as much. They just so do you give them a bit more often. space when you're cycling? You're um, like, eh. I'm probably not that aware. But the people I give more space to are um, anyone driving a Mustang. <laughs> um, there's something about Mustang drivers that just brings out the uh, the 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 aggressive need to own road space around them. Um, they're kind of like cyclists, but in cars. <laughs> um, uh, large trucks, large trucks, just because they can't see you, they can't see out of their trucks. That that is that's um, just a physical limitation. That's it's, a physical limitation. Yeah, Oldsmobiles because people who are driving Oldsmobiles are not aware of their surroundings. Um, <laughs> oh my, I am. Is, is this being recorded? Because this yeah, is uh, yeah, this is yeah. part of the show. I'm gonna have to get some. Some of these people have to vote for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love all my drivers equally. And Patrick vote, lost all the Mustang vote, votes. Vote Pat Johnstone. <laughs> Jots, yeah, vote Pat. 